It takes a concept and expands on it five times, taking us down this little path of learning that create this holistic solution Mm -hmm. that I believe can address the whole person. That's what AI can do for us. Are you ready to reinvent your organization and create a workplace of the future? Welcome to the Optimized Workplace. My name is Fran Dean Bishop, and I'm the founder and CEO of Aerobody. Join me each week as I welcome innovators, A-listers, and trailblazers who will share their individual experiences with creating an optimized workplace. This podcast will inspire you to find new and unique ways of helping your organization thrive while providing an exceptional experience for your employees and nourishing their well-being. Ready to get started? Learn more at theoptimizedworkplace.co. Welcome to the Optimized Workplace. I'm your host, Fran Dean Bishop, where our discussions with influencers, experts, and innovators are helping transform the well-being and sustainability of today's workplaces and spaces. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Tara Powers, author of Virtual Teams for Dummies and Working from Home for Dummies. The latter book was based on her original research on virtual team effectiveness, working with companies struggling with the transition to a remote workforce. Her programs have earned her the prestigious Top 10 Leadership 500 Award by HR.com and Bronze Award from Brandon Hall for Best Results from a Leadership Program. Tara views leadership as a gift and is on a crusade to transform team trust and well-being by creating a culture of connection at work. Through her company, Powers Resource Center, her programs have impacted over 300 companies and more than 30,000 leaders. A 25-year talent management and leadership development professional, Tara is an international best-selling author, keynote speaker, and award-winning leadership and DISC expert. And with that, Tara, I welcome you to the Optimized Workplace. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about your work. My audience is not as familiar. Some are are in corporate. Obviously, Mm -hmm. some are small business owners. Some are in the actual public domain and government services. So tell us a little bit about your work, if you will. Sure. I uh, was working in corporate uh, setting as an accountant for many, many years. That was that's my actual degree. Uh, My bachelor's degrees in finance and accounting. And I was asked to help build a training program to help managers read budgets. And I I did that and absolutely loved teaching adults and the whole idea or concept of training in a company, which was at that time new to me, really sparked my interest. So I went back to school. I got a master's degree in organizational leadership, which really focuses on how organizations build culture, how teams work together. Um, And from there, I moved into human resources and built our very first university in the company I was working for uh, and just started my career in training, corporate training and development. You're a great person to ask this next question to, you know, with everything that we see happening, obviously coming out of the pandemic and and obviously you focus a lot on the remote workforce with your work and your research. You know, what shifts are you noticing that are most compelling in the in the workplace environment today as as we come out of, you know, this last two years that have just been, you know, crazy and chaotic and and really forced not just the employers but the employees to reexamine what they want out of work. What mm-hmm. shifts are you starting to notice? 
I really focus on the connection and cohesion piece. That's and what I'm noticing is more and more companies have gone either 100% remote or hybrid. And there's just even more than ever before, just this issue of connection, trust, like how do we connect as humans when we have actually never met in person and don't actually know when we will. And so that has really kind of been um, a focus for me and what that's a shift that I see. And unfortunately, what I believe that brings is we don't have a lot of people that go to a company and say, I love it here. You know, I'm a I'm going to stay here. I want to grow my career here because there's not that deep rooted sense of connection. And so I'm trying to see how we can address that. How do we build virtual cultures? How do we actually build these feelings of trust with someone that I only met over a computer screen? So it is, it's, it's a tricky spot for people. And I think it's hard for companies to feel like they even have a culture because they, they aren't all together. And so really kind of looking at how do we establish this sense of culture um, even though we're we're not in the same place at the same time. So I think there's a lot of pros and cons, which you know we kind of knew all along. The pros certainly for individuals and leaders are we get to have a little bit more space and time and freedom to live life because we're not traveling as much. Um, I do think that's a big plus. I think a lot of people might feel more comfortable and less stressed working from home in some cases. I'm not saying in every case, Uh, but I also feel that the biggest issue is the connection. And so I don't, you know, we see a lot of companies right now. I just read a, a stat said by the end of 2024, eight out of 10 companies are going to tell employees to all come back to work. I just read that. And it's interesting because I am working with the companies that are struggling with how do we keep that connection alive, which has generated so much innovation and creativity amongst our teams when we're seeing it basically disappear when we're virtual. So I feel their pain and I also feel the the pros of the individual who says, I love working from home. Let me do that three days a week at least or full time. So it is, it's going to be interesting. I can't imagine how it's all going to play to play out. I think some combination of flexible work schedules, you know, remote and in person are necessary. I see the shift for companies and them struggling with creativity and trust and innovation and all of these things that we know are important as we continue to, you know, change at warp speed. So they're just trying to figure it out too. And there isn't any perfect answer. I think it's a work in progress. Um, and it's, it's not always easy and it's kind of painful for everybody really. So, um, in terms of though, you know, for employees, I think, people have a lot more options. I mean, I look at jobs all the time just because I'm interested in what's out there. And, you know, they're all like, you can be remote, full-time, part-time. You know, there's there's just a lot of options for the type of work environment you want. Mm-hmm. I have noticed over COVID, because of course we were all remote, 
I missed human interaction and I am better when I'm with people in person and brainstorming. And so what I've done the last year since everything kind of has opened up is threw myself back into groups where we meet. I just got back from being in Texas for two days with a accelerator group I got into for a tech idea for the learning and development space and to just be in a room with really smart people from around the world mm-hmm. it does something for you your brain 100%. it like totally elevates your thinking your oh, yeah. confidence what's possible for you and I, you know i'm a huge proponent of being virtual my team's all virtual but yeah. i recognize the value and benefit of the in person as well so i think employees And companies have to figure out a way to be more flexible with each other and recognize that we're just trying to figure out how do we do this in a way that meets everybody's needs. And it's, it's, you know, we're in a, we're still trying to figure that out. Yeah. (laughs) No, I, I I completely resonate with what you were saying. Uh, There's two really interesting studies. MIT did one, Stanford did another. Gallup commented on both of them about how the workforce of the future is really going to be hybrid. This idea around fully remote, it really doesn't work. The research shows that people are not as productive and as not as much work is getting done. And, you know, being a business that's based here in Washington, D.C., 80% of our work is federal, and we're certainly seeing it. I have seen since January 1st, or really January 3rd, the traffic is busier. The beltway is busier. 95 is busier. People are definitely back to work. So it's a hybrid thing. And I definitely yeah. think Monday is from home, Friday is from home, but that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the roads are packed. Um, so I definitely agree with that. I think the other piece of what you were sharing is that there is a lot of connection, right? Mm-hmm. And being together and being served together. You know, we're, we're working on projects now where it's not just about bringing people back, but it's really about redesigning the workplace and the yes. space, right? That people yes. are in. So they feel alive, they feel vibrant, they yeah. feel like they're thriving. And so that's exciting for us because I, you know, I do a lot of speaking as well, just like you mentioned. And when you get people together and you get those rich conversations bubbling and the conference room bubbles up and you get a couple hundred people talking about what's important, you can't exchange that. And you can't get that on Zoom. I don't care no. how hard you try. It's not happening. I don't care mm-hmm. how great the technology is. It's not mm-hmm. happening on Zoom. So you need people to be live, to be able to reach out and touch each other, hopefully six yes. feet apart, six yeah. feet apart, but yeah. touch each other so that yeah. they can get that connection, feel that vibe mm-hmm. and get that, you know, like you said, that energy going, because that's where the fresh ideas come up. So completely a hundred percent, you know, resonate with what you were saying. I'm curious though, as a training development expert, you know, what advances would you like to see happen? You know, if you got yeah. to, you know, wave your wand, you've been doing this for quite a while, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I get that question for well-being, but I'm curious, you know, what advances would you most like to see as people think about training and development for the future and the future yeah. of work? You know, one of the biggest um, points that has been made is that we cannot go back to the same stale vanilla rooms and mm-hmm. artificial lighting and same boring <laughs> LMS systems and yes. do T&D the same way. So what would you like to most see different? Yeah. And this is talked about a lot right now in ter- uh, learning and development and, and the uh, of course, technology, right? How are we levering technology to help? And what I think is shifting and what is happening and it is, it's happening. It's not. And I think this is going to be the year of AI completely 
blowing our minds. And if you're not using chat GBT, holy cow, that is pretty phenomenal stuff right there. But what is happening and I'm excited to see is rather than us or companies using learning management systems where um, people are going to get information. So I am going out to a learning management system and I need help with this. So give me this e-learning course. What's happening is they're building these learning experience platforms where I go and I contribute information. I find what I need. It gives me more than I need. It takes me down a path of learning that is going to help me excel in my my career or in my job. Um, it's almost like internal Google searches, but for your for your own development, right? And then you get all the access you need to whatever you need. Um, and you can also add to that if necessary. So I guess what I think is going to transform and I think is really what we need is just in time support and learning for what I need in the moment. Mm-hmm. as a leader, as a, as a learner. Uh, and, and it's going to be, you know, quicker, faster. Like we're going to get what we need immediately. We don't have to wait for an in-person session, but they still have a purpose. Cause we just said how that, how that works. Um, and what I would like to see is that we leverage technology to maybe get a formula, a communication um, process, a feedback tool. We get mm-hmm. the tool but then we bring everybody together to practice it and coach each other on it and talk about how I'm going to use it and what am I afraid of. And we start to, when we bring people together, the purpose is sharing vulnerability, right? Like learning from one another um, and not, do we have to do so much of the teaching of the tool or the process in the classroom? Can we use AI or can we use technology to give us a kind of an immersive, interesting experience so that it sticks with us? Mm-hmm. But then when we bring people in person, it's very purposeful. And the purpose is to have an experience together mm-hmm. and up-level our confidence and our um, engagement around you doing something new, around changing our behavior. Because that is why we should people when they come together, it should be very purposeful. You know, we're we're being vulnerable. We're trying things we haven't done before. We're talking about what we're worried about. We're coaching and supporting each other. That's where we're going to start to see change happen at scale when people are getting what they need just in time and then somehow giving them that support in person because we know it makes so much of a difference. That is so rich. I love that. I love the learning experiences piece. Mm -hmm. I think that is phenomenal. And when you said that, as you were explaining it, the first thing that came to mind is when we were all shuttered in and the boob tube became like your new best friend, how you saw platforms like Paramount and Netflix become learning environments, right? Immediately think of this program I love called Blue Zones where it teaches you about these centenarians all over yes. the world and the blue zones and all this, yep. but it's it's part documentary, part entertainment, part, you know, as, as he goes through it, you think about, okay, so what can I do in my own life and my own environment to create my own blue zone? And so yes. he did become very experiential. So that's exactly, I love that. And yeah. folks, I hope you heard what she said, which I thought was a 
really pivotal point that you brought out for those of you who are running a team or, or running training or what have you in your organizations is that you do have to bring people together to lock in the learning and the experience, mm-hmm. right? Virtual is, you got to get beyond the virtual. And as you said that, Tara, what immediately came to mind for me being in well-being and, and wellness is that during COVID, we had so much of these free stand-up um, virtual fitness programs. But then as things kind of loosened up a little bit, people found these open fields and open parks and got together and distanced themselves and did these workouts, right? So eventually, because yeah. people miss the connection, like mm-hmm. you got to get the connection because yes. the learning is with the connection. It's not absolutely by yourself, right? Yes. Yeah. So we can learn, you know, a five-step process of how to get feedback. But if we're not actually in a room practicing it, getting someone telling us, hey, you might want to think about your your style there or the way you said that might come across in a way that isn't as positive as you want or allow for, uh, you know, more contribution from the employee, mm-hmm. you know, and or coaching someone who's having a really tough time just with their own confidence levels and to be able to get that peer support coaching and feedback from from people in the same boat as me that's what anchors the learning that's what you know really changes it from a oh that was a nice interesting thing i read or i watched to i can actually do this and it felt good and it's it's something i'm going to try um yeah so that's super super important and i love what you said about netflix because you know how when you go on netflix and it basically says, based on your past, uh, the things that you've watched, you might be interested in this. Well, that's what's happening on these learning experience platforms. So if I am going onto these platforms and I'm looking for um, how to have difficult conversations, right? And it's giving me some you know, information and training around that. The next time I go on there, it might say, because of your last, you know, um, search, you might be interested in how to create psychological safety, you know, when you're having a conversation with someone, how, how do you make sure it's collaborative? Like, so there's, it just expands. It takes a concept and expands on it like, Oh, five times, Mm -hmm. which to me is now giving us the ability to really um, focus on the whole person. Like it's not just, I need this tool to have a difficult conversation, but how do I have a difficult conversation and create psychological safety and have someone uh, make sure that they're contributing too? that I'm asking good appreciative inquiry questions. Like, you know, it's just like taking us down this little path or nodules of learning that create this holistic solution Mm -hmm. that I believe can address the whole person. That's what AI can do for us. And then we come together to talk about it, practice it, talk about what we're afraid of, talk about our fears, you know, the vulnerability piece, which is what we know builds trust and confidence. That's what I hope happens. (laughs) That is so, I'm like, if you did not, if you were driving or if you were washing dishes or (laughs) helping the kids and you did not hear rewind, I want you all to hit rewind and listen to what Tara (laughs) just said. Because okay, so really, you were you were as they as the kids like to say, you were spitting fabulousness. Awesome, you guys really got that. <laughs> because here's the deal, guys, and this is so key across. I don't care what landscape. So let's say you're listening, but you're not really focused on this because you really want to have a better body. Like you, so you're kind of into the training and development, but that's not what you're really here for. 
what she's really saying is that it's layers. Yes. So let's say you're focusing on your leadership, right? And Mm -hmm. you've got great authenticity, but you have no self-awareness, right? (laughs) Or you have no self-regulation. And people tell you that all the time, like, hello, get a grip. So what (laughs) she's saying is that as you're working on one area through AI, through experiential learning, Mm -hmm. it's automatically going to trigger you to say, okay, this is great. And we understand you like this. You probably like this because X is showing up or you need to know about X or X is important. I relate this immediately, Tara, to the wellness world because, you know, it made me immediately think about a client that that I, I loved her so much. She had she had such a sweetness in my heart, but she didn't want to do anything. She's like, I'm doing this, but I don't really I, I'm not I'm not really feeling it, Fran. I'm paying for it because my doctor says I have to. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm taking keeping myself well. And so she only liked to eat peas. Her idea of eating vegetables was peas only. I I said, go and make yourself a salad on a regular basis. It was peas only. I said, well, look at the whole salad bar. You got to look at the whole thing. What else is there that could possibly help you? And as she opened up the lens, more things she became aware of. It's Mm -hmm. the same thing in any vice that that Tara just shared with you. So if you're focusing on your leadership, self-awareness, self-regulation, empathy. It's like there's layers to it. As you're thinking about your training and development for your teams, maybe you're just talking about the team building component, but maybe it's there's some toxicity comes back because people don't know how to give feedback or people don't know how to communicate properly. Mm -hmm. So there's layers to this thing. And as you open up the layers, the learning gets better. The the locking in and understanding gets better. The communication gets better. It it pays in volumes, as you can tell. I'm very excited yeah. about this. Oh no! I mean, just think about. <laughs> I, I let me. How many times I get calls from companies that say you need to come in and work with this team on conflict, and I say, well, conflicts. What we're see, it's like the top of the iceberg, right? What's causing and contributing to the conflict is all down below the surface. It could be an emotional intelligence issue, like you just mentioned. Self, we have half the team that doesn't know how to self-regulate, or you know, is not aware of their uh, direct communication style that cuts everybody off in meetings. I mean, there's like layers and layers of things underneath the surface that are causing the the symptom, which is conflict, and that is something that I think technology can help us mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I try to uncover that just through a, conver- a needs analysis. When someone yeah. says my team needs help with conflict, I'm like, well, let's let's kind of find out why conflict is, that is happening, right? Because that's probably not what you need is how, mm-hmm. how to resolve conflict. We actually probably need to do emotional awareness training, emotional intelligence training, um, Roles and responsibilities aren't clear. People, you know, like it's, there's like probably 10 things that Mm -hmm. are causing the cause. So I think that's where it could help us Mm -hmm. um, is, is my hope. And, and, and to your point, you know, I love facilitating. So I love facilitating more than I love coaching. But one thing I do, I think I do pretty well. And I love to do is I love to coach teams in the moment. And I'm sure you've been there too. But in order to be really a, a master facilitator, a master coach, and be able to do it in the moment, the one thing we need, which you will agree, I'm sure, is you have to have willing participants. Yes. So you could be having someone there who is the center of the conflict, but if they won't open up and share, and they're kind of disconnected from the whole process, you get nowhere. Right. Whereas, as you're saying, with the learning experience, it's just you and your learning. So mm-hmm. as you tap into things, 
you're becoming self-aware and it's going to guide you. So I love that. I could talk about yes. to you about this yes. all day, but we only Me have too. two minutes left. Me too. So. <laughs> no worries. So as we round the corner, I have to ask, you know, are there any, you know, exciting projects or anything on the horizon for you that you'd like to share with our audience or anything we should be in expectation of? Well, we are in the middle of a rebrand. So we're totally rebranding our website and kind of our offerings um, this year. So that is going to launch in April. We really are just very much looking forward to working with some big companies this year, helping them build their leadership program, which tends to be a hybrid approach. So more experiential, as we talked about, that's that's an exciting uh, piece for us. And, and then, you know, we continue to, to really work with a lot of companies using some of those assessments that you talked about in my bio. One of them is DISC. They've just created the most amazing return and learn platform for teams and leaders. When they get those assessment results, they can go onto this platform to see their results and they can also see the results of their team. They can build group culture maps Mm. that gives them questions to talk about in terms of what their culture makeup looks like. How do we make decisions? How can we build quicker trust? How can we handle conflict? And so that is, I'm really excited about that. That's fantastic. Yeah. So in our last moments together, I'm asking you, I'm asking all of my guests starting this year, you know, how will you embrace well-being for yourself in 2024? Oh my goodness. Well, is that a quest? So I had two big major surgeries in 2023, broke my ankle, had to get it all tied back together and I had hip resurface. So to me, well-being and my health this year is of utmost importance. Choose a habit that helps you get in the right mindset because in my, my belief is mindset is everything. You can exercise all you want, but if your mindset is constantly telling you you're not good enough, you're never going to be enough, you know, you're going to have sickness in your body anyway. So I would work on the mindset. I I, am also part of a year long mindset course this year. So I'm really focused on mindset when it comes to well-being. I love that. I think it's a fantastic place to end. Tara, I have so enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for being here. You are so welcome. Thanks for having me. This has been fabulous. And thank all of you who have listened in with this call with Tara Powers. Anything you want to know about her will be in the show notes. So please look below. If you like this episode, please be sure to follow us and like us on your favorite podcast platform. And lastly, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm no stranger. I'm Fran Dean Bishop. So connect with me on LinkedIn. Follow Arrow Buddies on LinkedIn. And always, as I tell you, remember, it's many, that small, monumental moments that make the biggest difference in your day. I'm Fran. Take care, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Optimized Workplace. For more insights and resources, visit theoptimizedworkplace.co. If you enjoyed this episode, please help spread the word and share with those who will enjoy it as well. See you soon.